All right, how's everyone doing? Good. All right, I know that uh, we just walked through like a very step-by-step -step process and all your attention has been right here. I wanna thank you guys for registering. Uh, if you're anything like me, I get super irritated every time I have to deal with technology. So uh, whatever's going on, I just want to shake all that off. What I'm gonna be sharing today is one of the concepts that when I get it right, and when I apply it to my life, I live a better story 10 times out of 10. So I'm very excited about it. The other thing is, uh, I have a lot to get through today and I have a very small amount of time to do it. So I am going to be moving. Are you guys ready to get started? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, over the last couple of years, Dave and I have been traveling together uh, pretty often. And earlier this year, we were on a plane, we were headed out of state to do some consulting with another church. And I was on an airline that I'd never been on before. And one of the really cool things they did is, once we got up in the air, they gave everyone a little tablet that we could watch movies on. Now, I had a very important decision to make. As most of you guys know, Dave is quite a bit older than me, and uh, what I really wanted to watch was this brand new animated kids movie called Inside Out. Now the problem is that Dave loves to talk trash about how young I am and that I'm just a punk kid, and so the last thing I want is for Dave to look over and see me on a business trip watching a cartoon. And the struggle was real, like this may seem stupid to you, uh, but my mind was in crisis. And it was like there were these two distinct voices in my head, and one of them was very confident and very self-assured. And it was saying, Clayton, you are a grown man. You can watch whatever cartoons you want to watch. <laughs> and the other one had no confidence. He was just like, oh God, no, don't do it. He'll never let us live it down. And so this debate went on in my mind for like an embarrassingly long time. Uh, but finally, confidence won out, and it won in a pretty major way. And so I didn't wanna just click on the movie and watch. I wanted Dave to know that I didn't care what he thought about me and my movie selection. And so before I clicked, I just looked over at him and realized he'd been asleep the whole time. Monumental waste of time. Uh, but I did go on to watch the entire movie. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. And the interesting thing is that the movie is all about the exact same thing I had just been through in my movie selection process. The movie is about the voices inside of our heads. And so uh, if you haven't seen the movie Inside Out, here is a clip to get you caught up. So, how was the first day of school? It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head? Did you guys pick up on that? Sure mm -hmm. did. Something's wrong. We're gonna find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. Uh-oh, she's looking at us. What did she say? What? Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? Signal him again. Ah, 
So, Riley, how was school? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? School was great, all right? What was that? I thought you said we were gonna act casual. Riley, is everything okay? <sighs> Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. All right, make a show of force. I don't wanna have to put the foot down. No. Not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude, old no, man. No, 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 breathe. What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. DEFCON 2. I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Yeah, well, look. Prepare the foot. Keys to safety position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. That's it. Go to your room. The foot is down. The foot is down. Yeah! Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. Well, that was a disaster. Come, fly with me, Gachinha. So that's the movie Inside Out that gives you an idea of what I watched that day on the plane. And if you notice, in this scene, each of the characters has these voices inside of their head, and those voices are actively controlling all of their actions. Or how we're going to say it in this series, the voices in your head control the story of your life. Now, we're going to be building off of this principle for five weeks, and so we have to get this. So say this with me. The voices in your head control the story of your life. Now, at this point, it's completely fair for you to question if that's true. Do these voices in our head really control the actions of our lives? And so today, I want us to get familiar with a neurological principle, that's how our, our brains work, that describes the way that we live life. You see, if you boil down how the entire world works, it's this infinite series of experiences that lead to actions. Experiences that lead to actions. This is the way that everything works. But it's interesting that humans are the one thing in this world that are unique. You see, this whole cause and effect between what we experience and the action that we take, we are hardwired as humans to have a natural step between the things that we experience and the action that we take. And we call this gap our inner narrative. It is what makes us unique as humans because we're more than simple instinct or simplistic reactions. We get to decide how we process our experiences and how we will act accordingly. And so let's think about it uh, with a simple illustration. Let's talk about the experience of hunger. And so when an animal, like a, a lion or a bear, gets hungry, it's, it's a very simple process. They experience hunger, and so they think, oh, I'm hungry and I'm awake. I'm going to eat the next thing I see, right? It's just very, very simple. Now, have you ever seen a human try to decide what they are going to eat? To be clear, it's the exact same core experience, the experience of hunger, 
But what happens is unlike animals and unlike the rest of creation, humans filter that experience through our inner narrative. And so a human experiences hunger and they think, oh, I'm hungry. Uh, I really want pizza, but I really want to fit in my skinny jeans. Oh, and you know, I've been hearing a lot about gluten. I stay away from gluten. Does pizza have gluten in it or what is gluten? Should I start working? You know what, I'll eat a salad and then some pizza, right? And that'll kind of even it out. And the voices in our head go on and on until we finally make a decision. Now don't miss this. It's the same core experience, but it is so different for humans. Because the way that a human decides what to eat is not actually tied to their experience of hunger. What it's tied to is what the inner narrative decides about their experience. So let's say that another way. The action that we take in life isn't tied to our experiences. Rather, it is tied to what the inner narrative, the voices in our head, decide about that experience. Now this is a huge concept, and I wanna make sure we get it. So another quick illustration. We've had a lot of rain here in San Antonio this year. And it's interesting how two people can experience the same rainstorm, but the action they take off of it is completely different. For one person, it just ruins their day. They look outside, they see the rainstorm, and they think, oh, I hate rain, everything's gonna be muddy, my hair's gonna get messed up, I don't have an umbrella. And another person experiences the exact same rainstorm, and they think, oh, I love rain. I don't have to water my yard today, and it's gonna fill the lakes up, and I can just get coffee in a book and snuggle up inside, and completely different actions, but the complete same experience. It's all about what our inner narrative decides about that experience, because the voices in our head control the story of our life. Okay, so we all have this inner narrative, these voices in our head. So what? What does it really matter? Well, today, I wanna suggest uh, this is critical because I believe that the vast majority of people are living completely unaware of this inner narrative. That means that they have no control over the voices that are happening all the time in their head. And so if you just follow this logically, if the voices in your head control the story of your life and you don't have control over those voices, then you don't have control over your own life. And so it's no wonder that our relationships are constantly in turmoil because our inner narrative has convinced us that we're unlovable or that we'll ultimately screw it up. Or it's no wonder that we have so much difficulty kicking unhealthy habits because the voices in our head can rationalize them so easily. As I was writing this, I thought about in my own life where I have experienced going to the funeral of friends and even family members who have taken their own lives. And if you've ever been to the funeral of someone who has committed suicide, you sit there and you think, what could they have possibly experienced that led to this 
action. How could it have possibly been that bad? But you see, it's not about the experiences. It's about what our inner narrative decides about the experience. And so the voices in their head at some point convinced them that their life was not even worth living. Our inner narrative affects our parenting, our work habits, our friendships. It's why we speed on the highway. It's why we cheat on our taxes. It's why we lie on social media. There isn't any part of our life that escapes the voices in our head because the voices in your head control the story of your life. And so we end up bitter and angry and broken and we're confused. And most people earnestly believe that it's caused by all of these experiences that are happening outside of them. But the truth is that living a better story doesn't start from the outside in. If you wanna live a better story, it has to start from the inside out. And so the question for us today is, how can we take back some control of these voices in our head? so that we can get back some control over our lives. And so to answer that, uh, I want us to go back to where we first lost control. And so we're gonna look in the Bible at the very beginning in the book of Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, it talks about how God created the world. And when he created the world, he created man and woman, and they were named Adam and Eve, and they lived a perfect life. And so if they lived a perfect life, it means they had a perfect inner narrative. The voices in their head never led them astray. And so whatever they experienced in life led to an appropriate and a God-honoring action. They were living in perfection. And the Bible says uh, that in the garden, God only had one rule for Adam and Eve. And so in Genesis 2, it says that God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, For when you eat from it, you will die. And so that's it. It's that simple. One rule. Stay away from one tree. You have a perfect life. All of the resources you'll ever need. Perfect relationships. And you just have to stay away from one tree. And so they did. I'm sure they looked at the tree from time to time, but their inner narrative lined up with God's command, and so it didn't make any sense to go to the tree and to eat from the fruit. But as many of you know, one day all of that changed. The Bible says that Eve was walking in the garden and she was encountered by a serpent. And this serpent engaged her in a devious and deceptive conversation. Okay, so I want to take a really quick time out. Uh, Hold on to this story, like bookmark right where we are. Because I wanna talk just for a second to anyone who is new to church or who is maybe just considering this idea of God or following Jesus because what you might be thinking at this point is, okay, pump the brakes, I'm good, I'm good with the garden and the people, we got a talking snake now? Like I don't, I don't know. And so I wanna acknowledge that this is a very strange twist to the story. And I want you to know that for hundreds of years, interpreters and theologians have wrestled over what this serpent actually represented. And so most people believe that it was Satan, that it was the devil himself disguised. 
Other people believe that the serpent alludes to a handsome and crafty, devious person. And there are actually a group of theologians who believe that the serpent is an ancient allegory for Eve's own thoughts, for the voices in her head. And so, which one is it? I wasn't there. I don't know. But what I do know is that the conversation that followed seriously jacked with Eve's inner narrative. And so I want you to listen to how the serpent came with a direct attack on the voices in Eve's head. And so he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Did God really say? And so immediately, Eve had to reassess her current internal narrative. You see, what the serpent was doing is he was planting seeds of doubt and confusion in her mind. And it all comes down to this one very small word, really. Did God really say? You see, anytime we allow the word really to start questioning the things that we know to be truth in our lives, it can lead us to some of our worst actions. And I think you guys know what I'm talking about. The voices in your head say, will it really hurt my marriage if I look at just a little pornography? Will overeating really affect my health that much? Is flirting really cheating? Is it really that important for me to show up at my kids' events? Is it really lying? Is it really wrong? Does it really matter? The serpent asked, did God really say? And that word really cracked the door just enough for doubt to step in and take over. And so we're gonna look at Eve's response and I wanna see if you can find some of these seeds of doubt in her inner narrative. And so the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. And so I want you to look again. Do you see where the doubt has begun to creep in? Now to Eve's credit, she does refute the serpent's claims. She says, no, that's not, that's not right. God did say we can eat from the trees. But then her tone takes on a completely different tone from God's original command. But God did say. Not only that, Eve added to God's command. She said, you know what? And I think we can't even touch the tree or we'll die. Something that God never said. Eve was losing control of her inner narrative. Now after this, the serpent moved from doubt and confusion to just straight up deceit, to just straight up lies. He said, God is a liar. If you eat the fruit, you will not die. In fact, your eyes will be open. You'll experience this enlightenment and you can be as good as God. God doesn't want you to eat that fruit because you will be as good as God. Essentially, the serpent told Eve, Listen, God is holding you back. You know, to be honest, I've heard this story hundreds of times growing up, and I've probably read it for myself a few hundred times, and every time I walk away from this story, I have this picture in my mind of the serpent 
directly tempting Eve. It's like he grabbed a fruit and just held it seductively and begged her to eat it. And so my whole life, I thought that Eve simply experienced temptation and then took the action of disobedience, but we've learned today that it's not that simple. And if you read the story, the serpent actually never asks Eve to eat the fruit. All he does is create a little bit of doubt and a little bit of confusion and a little bit of deceit and lies. And it creates these voices in Eve's head that completely recontextualize her situation so that by the end of it, Eve feels like it would be foolish for her not to eat from the tree because the voices in her head were controlling the story of her life. And so she did. She ate the fruit and she gave some to Adam and he ate it as well. And we call this the fall of man. This is the moment in history when everything became unperfect. This is the moment where nothing would ever be the same again. Perfection was gone. And we no longer would have the luxury of a perfect inner narrative. Instead, we would struggle every day to control these voices in our head. And it's so interesting. The Bible says that after they ate the fruit, that they realized that they were naked. And I've always thought that was weird. They had never worn clothes. How do you just realize that you, wouldn't you know that you are naked? You know, psychologists say that one of the top, most common nightmares is being in a public place, looking down and realizing that you don't have any clothes on. Has anybody, has anybody ever, I've had that dream. Has anybody ever had that dream? Why is it a nightmare? Why does it matter? It's because shame. It's because embarrassment. It's because fear. Adam and Eve hadn't known those things. But now their perfect world was gone and they were aware of every flaw and every single imperfection. And so the voices in their head said, you need to cover yourself, you need to hide. It was at that time they heard God walking in the garden, the same God that had created them, that was their friend, that was their father, and they were so ashamed that it says that they hid among the trees. And so I wonder how many of us in our own lives are so ashamed of the life we're living that we're hiding among the trees. We haven't had control of our inner narrative and so it's led us into cycles of harmful and shameful actions. And so we're desperately looking for a way to hide and we hide behind our depression and we hide behind our sarcasm and we hide behind our addictions. We hide ourselves from others and we hide ourselves from God. Well, if that's where you're living today, I wanna offer you some good news because you see as Adam and Eve were actively hiding from God, God was out actively looking for them. Even though they had screwed everything up, he was still pursuing them. And when he got close, he spoke to them. And the Bible says that the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And the man answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid. 
And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? This is where we're gonna stop in scripture today and this may feel like a, a really may feel like a really strange conclusion. It's because it is. In fact, it's not the conclusion to the story. But right here, God asked three questions. And these three questions are the key to you and I taking back control over the voices in our head. You see, God knew that the world was fallen, the world was now imperfect, and things would never be the same, but he still wanted his people, his children, to have the tools to live a better story no matter what came against them. And so he asked three questions. I wanna go through them real quick. The first question God asked is, where are you? This is a question of experience. God is saying, where are you? What are you doing in life? How are you living? What are you experiencing? The second question that he asked is, who told you that? Who told you you didn't have any clothes on? This is a question of our inner narrative. This is a question of the voices in our head. Who told you that? And the last question is a question of our actions. God said, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? God is saying, is the way that your inner narrative is processing your experiencing, leading you to actions that you know in your heart are not right? Where are you? Who told you that? And have you broken my commandments? Three questions. And so today, right now in this service, We're gonna take a few moments to walk through these questions. And I believe that if you will answer these questions honestly, you will begin to take back control of your own inner narrative. That if you will be honest with God and yourself in this moment, that today you can walk out of here one step closer to being in control of the voices that are inside of your head. And friends, this is so important because these voices in your head are controlling the stories of your life. And so right where you are, I wanna ask you just to close your eyes. Nothing magical about closing your eyes. Only reason I ask y'all to do this is to create some space for yourself, to create some space for the people around you. And I want us to answer these three questions. God asked, where are you? You have to understand, this question was not for God's benefit. God knows everything, he sees everything. You cannot hide from God. And yet he still asked, where are you? He asked this question to give us an opportunity to identify ourselves in location to God. Where are you in your life? Are you hiding? Are you so full of shame? Is your inner narrative so broken that you're living a terrible story? God cares and he's pursuing you and he's asking, where are you? Are you far from God? 
Have you refused to believe in him because you don't think you deserve it? Have you been following him for a long time, but you've gotten off track? Where are you? The second question is my favorite. Who told you that? This is a question of all the voices that have ever been in your head, that have ever held you back. Who told you that? Friends, I want you to think about who spoke these things into your life or what spoke them. Maybe they're from childhood. Maybe there's something you experienced later in life. Maybe it's when you dropped out of college and you, the voices in your head started telling you that you were stupid. Maybe it's when your marriage fell apart and the voices in your head told you that you'll never be good enough for anyone else. Maybe it's when you look at your children and you think, I've screwed up my life so much, how could I ever raise them any different? Who told you that? Who told you that you were ugly? Who told you that you were worthless? Now you may not know exactly when it happened or where it started, but I want you to know that implied in this question from God is this, who told you that? Because it was not me. Today I want you to start comparing the voices in your head and what they speak about your life to the truths that God has spoken about your life, that you are beautifully and wonderfully made, that you're his creation that he loves you so much that he gave his only son to die for you. So who has the right to tell you anything different? Who told you that? And the last thing God asked is, have you gone against my word? Have you broken my commandment? Are you stuck in these cycles of actions that are shameful and that are hurtful to your life, that are leading you to a broken story instead of a beautiful story? And so I want you to think about your actions. This isn't about manipulating behavior. This is just about the things that you know to be truth that you're actively going against in your life. God asks, where are you? Are you ready to come back to me? Are you ready to show yourself? Are you ready to come out of hiding? Who told you that? Because it wasn't me. And are you ready to follow my word? Friends, if we can ask ourselves these questions every day, we will begin to take control of the voices in our head. God, I thank you for loving us without any conditions, God, for loving us. God, I thank you that you give us permission to question all these voices in our head that are not from you, God that are from the things of this world, that are from our past hurt, that are from trauma in our lives. God, I thank you that you give us an opportunity to be aware of our inner narrative, to say that we are gonna begin living a better story, not about what's going on outside of us, God, but from the inside out. Give us courage, God, courage to be honest with these questions, strength to follow through. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So this is the first week 
of five weeks that we're going to be talking about how we can get back in control of these voices in our head. I hope that I will see you guys here next week. I love y'all. Y'all have a great week. I know I could try.